listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Wednesday the 8th of December. You're listening to Recap, made for you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. And here is the financial disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Alice. Hey, Jose. How's it going? Good, thanks. I'm still I'm still fizzing after yesterday's 100th episode. Yeah, that was fun. It was um, a good one, wasn't it? I had lots of fun. Yeah, definitely. It was great. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe we got to 100. But uh, let's crack on because we do have a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's start off locally. What has been happening? So uh, Fletcher Building has announced it's getting into the retirement village sector. Oh, interesting. Tell me more about it. So Fletcher Building is, of course, the construction and building supplies company. It's listed on both the New Zealand and Australian stock exchanges. Yesterday, the company unveiled a new retirement village business called Vivid Living. Uh, Fletcher Building said that Vivid Living is designed for residents over the age of 70 and it is established as a fresh and new approach to retirement. And how does it plan on doing that? Well, the company says its offering will differ from traditional retirement living offerings in several ways. First, uh, it says that the retirement units are being designed as an integrated part of their surrounding community rather than being isolated from it. Uh, And second, Fletcher says it offers a fairer financial structure for Vivid Living's residents. Mm, what, What does that mean? So first, uh, we kind of need to take a step back and look at the way that retirement villages in New Zealand typically operate. So usually you sign something called an Occupation Rights Agreement, or ORA. Uh, So instead of buying the unit outright, you're essentially paying for the right to live there. Uh, While you're there, you're also charged something called deferred management fees. And this is like a charge for covering maintenance and, and things like that. But instead of paying this on a regular basis, like on an annual or a yearly monthly basis, it usually adds up and is then paid off when you move out. And when you move out of the unit, you usually don't get to receive any of the capital gains or increases in value uh, that might have been earned on the unit. You kind of just get back what you paid for uh, minus the deferred management fees. Okay, so what's Fletcher Building doing differently? Fletcher Building said firstly that it will charge a 15% deferred management fee, uh, which the company says is lower than most traditional retirement village operators. As second, when the resident moves out, they will get to share 50% of the capital gains from the sale uh, after any refurbishment costs. And did Fletcher Building say where the first vivid living units will be? Uh, yeah, the, the initial homes will be built within uh, existing Fletcher living communities. So these are residential developments that Fletcher is already building within another part of the company. Uh, so 27 villas will be available through uh, Waiata Shores in South Auckland and another 48 villas will be available at Red Beach in North Auckland. Uh, At the moment, Vivid Living is still going through the process to get registered under the Retirement Village Act, uh, but says villas are expected to be available for sale in the first quarter of 2022. And as you've uh, sort of alluded to earlier, there's already a number of other players in this space, right? 
Yeah, so Fletcher Building will be going up against uh, the likes of other listed companies such as Ryman Healthcare, Arvida, Oceania Healthcare and Somerset Group. Uh, and then there's a number of privately owned retirement villages and other aged care operators in the country too. But it is an industry that has growing demand uh, with New Zealand's ageing population. In fact, a property company called JLL released a report earlier this year that estimated there'll be demand for 26,000 new retirement village units by 2033. Thank you very much for that, Alice. For a, but for a slight change of scene, Alice, do you have any idea what the size of the global online shopping uh, market is estimated to be in 2022? Oh, this is this is a good question. Uh, I reckon like two trillion dollars. You 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 you're somewhere. You're in there. You're nearly there. It's estimated to be around 5.4 trillion American dollars in sales for uh, 2022, which is a lot of sales. Oh, wow. In 2019, interestingly, it was roughly $3.3 trillion. So in two years, worldwide e-commerce sales grew by 45%. That's super fascinating. Uh, so where are you going with this? Well, it points to the fact that there's increased demand for buying stuff online, and that means there's more pressure to put on uh, freight infrastructure. In fact, I've heard it said that the global supply crisis that we've talked a lot about here on Recap is better described as a global demand crisis. So there's opportunities for companies to respond to this demand, and that brings us to the Aussie airline Qantas, who've boosted their freight freighter network. Oh, interesting. So let's have the details. Qantas says it's going to convert two Airbus passenger aircraft into freight-only airplanes. They're also getting a new Airbus delivered, which will be operated for Australia Post. This will add to its current all-cargo fleet of 22 jets. And this is all because people are buying online a lot more. Yeah, definitely. So according to Australia Post, e-commerce has grown by, in Australia that is, has grown by about 76% from 2019. And they say last December they delivered a record 52 million parcels. And they expect they have to move a lot more mail and packages this Christmas. I can't believe it. But if they're... uh if they're converting two airbuses to cargo, this this means they'll lose some passenger capacity, right? That is true, but Qantas says they can handle it through more efficient scheduling, and they say they have orders in for three new Boeing Dreamliners in 2023. And just FYI, if you've got a passenger jet lying around in the backyard not doing anything and want to get into the cargo game, it costs around about $6.5 million to convert a jet uh, maybe just start with some new floor mats from the local repco and go from there, I reckon. But what else has been happening out there, Alice? Uh, there's been some news from Stellantis, the car company. Uh, now, Stellantis is the fourth largest car maker in the world. Uh, it's an umbrella company for a number of car brands, including the likes of Chrysler, Jeep, Fiat, uh, Alfa Romeo and Citroen. And what's been the company's news? So on Tuesday, the company unveiled a software strategy plan, which it says will drive revenue growth over the next nine years. Okay, this sounds interesting. Tell me more about this. Uh, well, the company said it's going to deploy next generation tech platforms and build on existing connected vehicle capabilities to transform how their customers interact with their vehicles. Uh, so it involves more than $30 billion dollars. Uh, 
30 billion euros, sorry, in investment by the end of 2025. Uh, and the technology, the company says, will be embedded in about 34 million vehicles across its portfolio of 14 car brands. I reckon all they have to do is just invent something where you can just stick your phone in the car in a slot and it will charge it and it will connect it up to a CarPlay. That would be genius. You know, so you don't have to get the cord all the time and you just have like about several different cords because, you know, your partner's got like an iPhone, but you've got an Android. Anyway, I won't rant on about it. But you said, Alice, before it expects the strategy to drive growth. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's right. And we're talking in the billions of dollars here. Solantis said that uh, software product offerings and subscriptions will help generate around an additional 4 billion euros in revenue per year by 2026 and around 20 billion in additional revenue uh, on a yearly basis by 2030. And so what does Solantis have to say about the strategy? Uh, CEO Carlos Tavares said that it would transform the company into a, quote, sustainable mobile tech company, unquote. Uh, he, he sort of added that software will improve our business model, disconnecting hardware from software um, and shifting the center of gravity of our business. Interesting. Thank you so much, Alice. recap for the 8th of December. Thanks so much for listening. Absolutely. And don't forget our 100th episode giveaway that's still going on. You can win a $100 Sheezy's gift and a sweet pair of Sony noise cancelling headphones. To go on the draw, head to our Instagram at NZ. Find the giveaway post. Uh, you'll be able to find it because it has Jose's dog Rooster on it he looks very cute he's wearing, he's wearing headphones and he's got a little mic there and you can also please give us a rating this is not connected to the competition by the way you can just do it out of the goodness of your heart you can give us a rating review at Apple Podcasts if you'd like to get in touch our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz and you can also leave a voice message uh, there is a link in the episode description and we'll see you tomorrow we certainly will Matiwa. 